Today on Podcast by the Bay, San Mateans for Responsible Government Representative Michael Weinhauer. If you want, if Wiener and the Sacramento folks really want to do something useful, rather than trammeling local rights with things like SBA 27, etc., what they need to do is go back and say, hey, Facebook, Google, Genentech, etc., etc., you guys want to plunk 20,000 jobs down here? That's fantastic, but we need to see a holistic plan that offsets your jobs with not only the housing for your X thousand workers, but the support workers, the police, the fire, the, the baristas, the dry cleaners. Discusses the previous propositions H&P and discusses the extension for 2020. I think I just want people to know that um, we just want people to know that the Measure P extension is not it's not anti-development. There is a ton of growth that has happened and can still happen by extending Measure P. We just espouse smart development. All coming up on this episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com and now, another podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre. And this is Patrick. And welcome to another episode of Podcast by the Bay. We thank you for being with us today. And we thank you for downloading the show and spreading the word to all your friends. And so today, we're going to continue our local coverage for some of the issues that deal with the community. And today, we're going to talk to Michael Weinhauer, who represents the group San Mateans for Responsible Government. And they're talking about Measure P. Now, Measure P in San Mateo is actually different than the Foster City Levy Measure P, which we actually just had a complete residence discussion on one of our previous episodes. So this is a Measure P that's set to expire in 2020. And so what Measure P is, it's the voter initiative that keeps provisions for heights, densities, and affordable housing in San Mateo's general plan and can only be changed by the voters themselves. So Measure P was started as Measure H, a citizen's initiative that was passed overwhelmingly in 1991 before it expired in 2005. So H's extension was put on the ballot as Measure P, and it too passed overwhelmingly. So the issue really is that this is going to expire in 2020. And so Michael and the San Mateo residents speak are really trying to get behind the renewal of this Measure P to really preserve uh, the current housing I guess, environment and, and, and the heights and the densities and things like that. So, Patrick, you got to speak with uh, Michael and talk to him about some of the issues and really get to engage. And so how was it, everyone? And really, how can we talk about this for the residents here? Well, I, you know, first of all, I want to uh, thank uh, Mike Weinhauser for reaching out to me. He lives probably a 
1930 or an, or, or an earlier home. He's got it completely restored. Uh, he's a real active in the community. He's a, he's a contractor. He's a builder. He's motivated. He's got a family. Uh, he wants to preserve the integrity um, of his home and, and the, um, make sure that, that the culture and the houses uh, are still there. He doesn't want to see high-density housing or... Uh, he's real close to the freeway, so he's a little bit worried that they may want to be building uh, uh, density housing. Uh, as, as Andre mentioned, this is a, a proposal right now. They want to renew the uh, height limitations, and uh, it's renewed every 10 years. Um, so currently the proposed... Uh, let me get a little more knowledge on that here for... It, the uh, proposed uh, 28 pro ballot measure by citizen, a proposed ordinance to amend the city of San Mateo's general plan to extend for another 10 years the expiration of the vote acted, limiting height in residential areas. The notice of the intent uh, is, is to preserve. Notice was given an intent for persons named above. The intention is to circulate a petition with the city of San Mateo, maintaining till through 2030 the affordable housing prices and building height limits and densities established by the city and voters in 1991, a later amended and extended by them in 2004. A statement of the reason for the purpose and action is stated in the petition as follows. The purpose of this measure is to preserve the livability and the suburban character of San Mateo by essentially maintaining this through the year 2030. The same essential limits with density was adopted in 1991, readopted in 2004, and would otherwise expire in 2020. So while providing for several levels of economic projects in the general plan, an increase in the city's commitment to fair housing... So it, it seems like a reasonable plan. And again, uh, uh, Michael has his own website. It's, it's called uh, Smarter, uh, Smarter Growth uh, uh, for, preserve, for Preserving Government in the City of San Mateo. Preservation is one thing. Protection, proven people, plan. Uh, Measure P has a maintain the historic and fundamentally suburban character of downtown. Uh, protection from the overzealous developers who don't care about the character of San Mateo. Proven, nearly a quarter century of demonstrated effectiveness. The people of the residents of San Mateo passed by a wide margin. So Measure P mandates every residential development include affordable housing, more than half of the new market rate housing stock since 1991. So it's it's a great thing. They have, again, their their website, uh, and they, they're looking for donations. Uh, they're trying to do fundraising. So he's getting the word out. I'm very inspired by this young man. Uh, he's he's a young married guy with a with a son. Uh, they have locations, uh, all locations come to our. They have open houses. Uh, they just or they had one on five night or was coming up five nineteen at between eleven and three on twenty West Third Avenue, and then Sunday five twenty at nine thirty to um, eleven thirty a.m. That's today at neighborhood at Guilford Sunnybrae. And uh, they're going to also have another one, uh, 1524 Maple Avenue, uh, in advance. So one of the phone numbers that you can reach them at is 650-539-4930. I'm just excited to see so many people engaged in the process and also concerned about housing and transportation. Please listen to Mr. Weinhauer. He's got a point. Sounds good, Patrick. And once again, their website for the, to extend the Measure P is the SmarterGrowthSM.com, and you can check out more information about what Michael's talking about, about the San Mateo Measure P, 
and really hear more about that. So we're excited to get to the interview. We're excited to kind of hear some of the detail and hear the perspective because that's what we want to hear. We want to hear from engaged residents who are concerned and have positions because I think what we do here at Podcast by the Bay, we're going to present different positions. So we are happy to present Michael, and uh, yeah, if you have any questions, you have any feedback, you can always reach out to us directly at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at podcastbythebay, and also on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcastbythebay. So we're going to go ahead and get to the Michael Weinhauer interview about extending the Measure P, and if you have any questions, go ahead and reach out to us. And with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off. So with that, this is Andre. And this is Patrick. And we'll catch you on the next time, a podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Welcome to Podcast by the Bay. It's May 11th, and I'm honored to have Michael. And Michael, what was your last name again? Weinhauer. Okay, nice, nice to have you on Podcast by the Bay, Mike. And we're talking about a lot of controversial issues, and you're talking about the the height issue um, in the city of San Mateo. Correct. Okay, tell us a little bit of background for the uh, viewers out there in podcast land. What you're talking about. Sure. So in 1991, in response to uh, some overdevelopment in the city of San Mateo, in particular, it was a 12-story building they were aiming to put right in the middle of downtown on 3rd Avenue. Uh, some concerned res- residents formed the group uh, San Mateans for Responsive Government and asked that height and density protections be put in place. Um, those effectively uh, amended the general plan, which is really the Bible for development in San Mateo, specifically the land use component of that general plan. And for the most part, it limited heights in many places to five stories is the, you know, the common. How name. large is this group? Our group is five people. Okay. And then we have a, you know, a whole cadre of, of volunteers that are helping us out with the, with the effort. So the, uh, the measure went on the ballot and it, and it, it passed very with 60% of the of the vote and uh, put those height limitations in place limiting the heights again to roughly five stories seven in certain places and there's a whole you know matrix of that sort of bears that whole thing out uh, density is generally limited to about 50 units per acre and then for uh, office space they use a thing called floor area ratio and they limit that to um, I want to say that that's three but it's uh, that's roughly what it is anyway that passed uh, the, it had a 15-year duration. In 2004, uh, they formed again because then you were seeing a lot of the sort of dot-com pressures again. And it passed, it got on the ballot, and it passed with 70% of the popular vote. So now we see uh, it's, it's coming up again. It's set to expire in, 2000, in 2020. And the city is currently working to update its general plan. However, that process isn't going to get done Anytime before 2020, it'll it'll get done sometime probably 2022 that time frame. So if Measure P expires, there is a period of time in between wherein all it would take for a developer to put a very large scale building in the city somewhere is three votes of the city council, right? A majority vote of the city council, and we've seen um, our group feels that particularly now the neighborhoods, the you know the historic established neighborhoods here and the suburban character of San Mateo is underrepresented uh, by some of the leadership in the in the city there right now. And it's overrepresented and over-influenced by developers and trade unions and things of that nature. Well, so, there seems to be on the peninsula quite to do exactly what you're talking about and building higher story buildings and bigger density. 
and a lot of the reasons why uh, some of the people feel that they're just trying to bring more money into their cities to be able to pay for their retirement because we all know their retirements are, are not being funded or they couldn't fund them properly. So, so indeed, uh, podcast by the Bay and myself, we've always talked about issues that the environmental impact reports that they're using are outdated because mm-hmm. uh, you know and I know when they do a development for housing or for buildings, they do an environmental impact report, right. which is based on traffic. Mm-hmm. people living in a certain area of density. Um, and we, we're saying they're using it a way outdated one uh, because we're going to be underprotected from police and fire. The majority of, of the density environmental impact reports that they have to study is to make sure we're all safe. Exactly, to make sure you're safe and that the, the, the project isn't going to unduly impact the environment right in its entirety. And that might be anything from you know, a migrating bird species to soil contamination to sure. the environmental impacts that you were talking about in terms of traffic and infrastructure. And that's really where I think our group um, and the, the extent, the desired extension of Measure P really seeks to, we, we do not seek to stop development, not at all. And nor are we against affordable housing. In fact, Measure P as it stands and as we seek to extend it requires a minimum of 10% affordable housing. They can go over it, but we just state, and so we're unique in in terms of cities that actually require that. Well, you know, I had an opportunity to interview your mayor, okay, Mm -hmm. and he's a great guy. Uh, He's a union guy from the past. Um, He's in support of housing, but I was also fascinated that in the city of San Mateo, they have no percentage of housing requirement for affordable housing, first-time housing um, and when I use that, I want to make sure we use the right adjectives. I didn't say low-cost housing. Low-cost housing means subsidized housing by the state and federal government for people below a, maybe a poverty level. But what I'm talking about is war, uh, the new buzzwords on the peninsula that city councils are using are first-time home buyers, but workforce housing. Workforce two, two, housing. Yeah, two mm-hmm. different, you know, housing for teachers, uh, first firemen, responders, bankers, mm-hmm. first responders. Exactly. With your uh, um, protection that you want to protect the city, I admire that. Now, where do you stand? You said you'd like to see more housing. Do you own a house now? I do, yes. And you own this house that you live in? That's correct. Okay. I mean, well, you're lucky. I don't own it, own it. We, we pay a significant mortgage and right. well, property taxes, et cetera, sure. et cetera. I'm not one of the fortunate ones who uh, bought 25 years ago and has a you know, a real, a real cheap mortgage or anything like right. that. But yes, I, well, I am congratulations very fortunate. To have I'm a professional real estate broker, so I'm, I'm excited. And I'm yeah. also kind of excited because I'm a kind of historical guy and I kind of got this feeling you'd hate to see this area be destroyed because these homes have a lot of character and a lot yeah. of beauty. So what, they're close to the freeway. And that doesn't mean you can come in here and demolish my house. Is that That's right. Saying? You know, Patrick, I, th- I think, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself in that um, you know, this particular house was built in 1926. It's 90, you know, it's 90-ish years old. And this whole neighborhood is, is very historic. There's historical architecture here that's significant. And we represent a demographic that, um, you know, we have two kids and a dog. And I worked hard to get this house, right? I, it wasn't handed to me. I didn't inherit money into it. I had to work and scrap to get this house. Well, you know, you also represent, a, a, are you a contractor then? I'm a consultant. Consultant. So, You're a hardworking guy because I know we're all in this little interesting bubble with Google and Apple and Facebook and 
bringing all kinds of money in and inflating our rentals and our prices on our homes are going skyrocketing. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, you hit the crux of the issue there is really that, um, that unless we address, and you, you kind of uh, hearkened to it earlier with the, the pension requirements, um, and because owing to those pension requirements, largely cities love to build office and get the tax revenue from the office space. It's that simple, right? And the problem is, is that as long as we live in a geographically constrained, desirable place like the peninsula in Northern California or Marin or wherever, and we keep allowing offices to go in at 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 people, you are forever going to have a jobs housing imbalance and you will forever have spiraling out of control housing costs. So what we really need if you want, if Wiener and the Sacramento folks really want to do something useful, rather than trammeling local rights with things like SBA 27, et cetera, what they need to do is go back and say, hey, Facebook, Google, Genentech, et cetera, et cetera, you guys want to plunk 20,000 jobs down here? That's fantastic, but we need to see a holistic plan that offsets your jobs with not only the housing for your X thousand workers, but the support workers, the police, the fire, the, the baristas, the dry cleaners, and everybody, it doesn't have to necessarily be in that city, say South San Francisco or wherever, but you need to make an arrangement and have something fairly buttoned up, well, otherwise you know, you're had, never going to fix it. I had a unique interview recently, and I only found one mayor that did that, and that was Angela, or she's not mayor yet, but she's running for mayor, and Angela Aliota. Oh, in San Francisco, right. And she mm-hmm. told me down in the Embarcadero area that when um, Salesforce came in, they made sure they kept the same restaurants and the same people in there. But she's bringing out the same concern you're bringing when they come in, we wipe out a lot of the middle class people right. and we wipe out the middle class businesses. So you bring up an issue which I think the cities are trying to face. Most of the cities all just want to get them to come to their city right. so that they can get the sales tax, so that they can yep. get the property tax. It's a very one-sided argument. You get the, the cities that need that, that tax revenue and so they bring in the offices. And then on the other side... You now have their enabling. We even have, um, uh, who is it, um, Stripe, the CEO, gave a million dollars to to a Yimby Action Group, right? The Yes in My Backyard folks, which is a total misnomer. Mm-hmm. Because on the other side, the Yimbys, or I call them hacks, housing at all costs people, is they just want to build housing without consideration for any of the things we just talked about, without consideration for infrastructure, without consideration for the historic built downtown that we have here that is the very reason people live in places like San Mateo, without consideration for the infrastructure, for the fire, the first responders, the schools, all the other things that make a place livable. I think you have a resounding message, and this is what we need to get out to all cities, to the county, because we are not prepared for the next catastrophe. Right. Because with this infrastructure, we're using the sewer more often. More water is being used. But when I talk about the sewer main, and I talk about the streets, and I talk about the electricity, and I talk about all those transformers that have been replaced by PG&E. Right. So I'm with you. I think this is really good. This message needs to get out. I couldn't agree I more. Mean, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Andre, my partner as a co-anchor here, has been really engaged with conversations with you on these issues. And he, he, he wanted me. He was, he says, you have to talk to this guy. You have to talk to this guy. <laughs> well, this is good because this is the yeah. dialogue that we're trying to do with podcasts, by the way. Get the word out there. We're not the Daily Journal. We're not the Islander. We're not the Post. But we can take the heart and soul of people. 
like yourself to get that message out. We want more people to respond to what you're saying, to get involved in the process, because it only takes people like yourself to take some action. Now, let's go back to something I want to talk about. Facebook recently has put out a million dollars and some more money to help look at the uh, old Dumbarton Bridge to see if they can get mm, that. Yes. So, with that said, I think, are you saying or asking the, the cities what they really need to do is negotiate better with these people when they come in and say, where is the housing going to be? Why are you not doing campus housing? Why are you, you know, we don't mind you coming here. And then when I say that, what they're building out here is rentals. Mm -hmm. They're not building new houses. In a lot of cases. Very, very yeah. limited in that. So, and I don't mean to answer it for you. I want your answer. What do you think? No, I think, um, you know, you, you hit upon an interesting point there. I mean, the, the, the Dunbar Bridge is more about the, the revitalizing and enhancing the infrastructure to try to mitigate traffic. And that'll allow people to, uh, you know, live in a broader geographical area. I mean, I think that's something that has to happen. But you're obviously not going to build that bridge anytime soon, right? And we need things like BART across the bay, which, you know, that's a whole separate conversation. Um, I do think, yes, that, that cities need to have... They need to take a bigger picture, holistic, long-term perspective on housing and office. They're just responding to crises right now. They're responding to the pension crisis right now by dropping office in, which is creating a housing crisis that they're now having to respond to by putting housing everywhere. And that is not the answer. Then you're forever going to be tamping out fires and you're not really solving the crux of the problem. You need to think about this holistically. We have we have a project called the Trident or Saris Regis project in Foster City, oh, yeah. which was retail zone, retail and commercial mm -hmm. use only. That's a mid pen project, right? Right. Yep. Anyway, what what happened there is is now the developer Saris Regis has come back to the city and said, you know what? We want it we don't want to do mixed use. We want to do housing in here. Now the take is they would partnership. It hasn't been approved. Mm -hmm. They want a partnership with the city, mm -hmm. uh, develop at a certain price, real cheap, let's say $300,000 a unit, mm -hmm. sell it to the city. So the city's got 22 units. Mm -hmm. The 22 units, seven would be subsidized housing. And, and then the rest, 14, would be workforce housing. Mm -hmm. They're still working on, on the thing. What do you think of a project like that? In other words, they changed the plan here. Yeah. It hasn't been approved. Yep. And basically what the city is looking at, city said, wow, we can make revenue here. we got rental units. Yep. We're going to make money coming in. We're, we're, we're doing good now. But they changed the general plan. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think it's terrific. And I think um, there's, there's, you know, you said a lot in there. And um, again, we are very, as the Smurg organization and the Measure P folks, and personally, I'm very pro-housing. And what we've ended up doing, I, I live three blocks from the core of downtown right here. And we literally just actually selected the city, Midpen, to develop the redevelopment agency lots over there, the old Kinko's lot and the Re Workers' Resource Center. It's going to be all affordable housing. Right? To, to the audience, I know what Midpen is. Tell them what Midpen is. Midpen is a, is a developer, right? And they focus predominantly, I believe, in NorCal. Uh, and they've, they focus on affordable housing. And so this project that is going in the RDA lots is, is going to be pretty much all workforce housing, which I think is fantastic. And we support the project. And it's literally, you know, to the Yimbies in my backyard. It can't get any closer to my backyard. Um, and but what I've seen that's disappointing is a number of projects over here, the one across the street, mm -hmm. 
is going in, it's a mixed use. And I've seen our planning commission laud these mixed use projects. And I understand the city needs to have an array, a different uh, uh, you know, set of sizes of office so companies will grow and stay. I, I get that. However, you're talking about, they'll turn around in the same breath and tell you that you need to have transit-oriented development on the railroad and you go and develop these as, as a sort of you know, mixed use when we have the housing crisis. I would have said you need to build more housing here and instead of mixed use. Um, but the answer you get from the developers conveniently that never gets drilled into is, well, then the project doesn't pencil out, which the Yimbies jump on and say, well, if you got rid of the height limits, then the housing pencils out better because you're building more, which isn't necessarily true, right? It's true if you blew out the height limits, but then at what cost again, right? If, however, the, the part I challenge is the part where the developer just says, well, it doesn't pencil out. And I don't know well, about you, cool. but have you ever met a starving developer? <laughs> so I question the penciling out, well, and I think they could sharpen their pencils more and put more housing in. Is kind right. of the Let, let's talk about the railroad corridor transportation, uh -huh. and this has been my pet peeve. Um, they do give developers a tax credit uh, building near the corridor transportation, and I think that's wonderful. But the only unfortunate thing is they don't encourage them, nor do they require that they take public transportation. There's no study in the state that indicates building near there that they actually take BART or that they take the train. Right. There's only recently in the Bay Meadows project, right. which my hat's <laughs> off to them. Yep. My hat's off to them. They have a phase out there that says if you move here, you've got a rideshare car or you don't have a car. Yep. Now, I know that that's hard to take away anyone's rights mm -hmm. to drive a car, but don't, do you think that's a good idea? Well, I think it's a, you know, it's a, it, you just hit upon the crux of the point there, I think, is that you can't force people to not get cars. And given the mass transit challenges that we have, people are going to get cars. And even if they are millennials, they're going to meet someone, have kids, they're going to get a car. So you still have the car issue. But I think absolutely, I mean, the folks at Windy Hill here putting in this development at 405, the office, they're having heavily, they're heavily incentivizing people to use transit. They're giving them passes, they're giving them rides, they're doing all kinds of now, stuff. Now, it might be too wild here for a moment. Why don't we just not build a garage? <laughs> well, they are going to build a pretty big garage right over here. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 I mean, if we limit them, if, if I give you a two-car garage, you're going to use the two-car. There's true. Yeah, induced demand. Definitely, if you, if you build the infrastructure, if you build the garage, you're encouraging people to get cars. On the flip side of that, I think you have the problem where um, you know, we have this notion of in lieu fees, which means you can pay a fee in lieu of actually building the mm. parking space. And the problem was up until recently, and I would argue even still, the fees aren't quite where they need to be. They were something like fifteen, eighteen thousand per space when it costs twenty-five to forty thousand dollars to build a space. So the develop the developer smartly would say, Hey, I'll pay you these in lieu fees instead because it's cheaper. They get off scot-free. Then the city has to go build it. Guess who subsidizes that? The taxpayer Tax pays the difference. Yeah. So they've got that up to twenty five thousand now. But if you build underground, those costs soar up upwards of forty to fifty thousand dollars. So you're still subsidizing some of this parking. And I don't know. I've, I've I wrestle with that. I honestly think we we shouldn't build a ton of parking because of the induced demand problem. If you make it really easy for people to drive, then they will drive. Um, I think you got to kind of walk a line there where you incentivize people. You create pedestrian-friendly, uh, bike-friendly paths to downtown. I mean, we live here because we walk. 
I don't. I park my car on the weekend, and so you work close. I work out of my house. I'm Excellent. very fortunate in that. I um, am too. So I'm blessed by that. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> well, you know, one of the major problems is just as big as the housing. Yeah. Is transportation. Yes. So, I want to talk to you and find out what do you think are the solutions for transportation. We've kind of alluded to that we realize there's a problem. Too many cars. Yeah. How do we solve it? Well, again, I think it's got to come back to we're addicted to office and we're trying to jam too much stuff into too small of a place. Um, so I think, you know, we have to take a hard look at that and we got to start saying no and people need to go elsewhere. We're at full employment here, right? Um, we don't need to jam more stuff in here. I think we also need to continue to um, work on transit-oriented development. We need to create, like I just said, good pedestrian routes so people will walk bike routes so people will get out of their cars. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world year-round. If you go to Portland and Seattle, people will bike and stuff in the rain year-round. We don't give people, I think, enough routes and abilities to get out of their car. One of the things I want to let you know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you already know, Sam, city of San Mateo, the city of San Carlos and Redwood City, all the cities in San Mateo County, we do not have a transit district. Right. We act independently, mm -hmm. which means... BART, the train, right. SAM trams, they're all fighting for that ridership, the same tax dollar. I don't know, and since you're a loyal fan of us, did you listen to Seamus Murphy um, with Podcast by the Bay? He's the communication director for all of these. It took me over a month to nail that guy <laughs> down to interview. It was a, it was a spectacular interview. Uh -huh. So I want you to listen to that because he, he, he comes out, he, he says SAM trams. He says, point blank, Patrick, that's for senior citizens and the poor. Nobody takes it. Nobody takes and I it. can understand. Yeah. You know, the the, doc, the people at Google and Facebook and Apple, they're not going to write in that unless it's nicely air-conditioned. Right. and has Wi-Fi. Wi -Fi and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Espresso so, makers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you never know. You're absolutely right. So, so with that said, I'm coming up to the kind of similar thing when you were talking I strongly think we need to regionalize our transit district and collectively work together with surrounding yeah. cities. I think you're right. I mean, like you said, you know, BART always comes to mind. It would be so tremendous, and it's a bit of an embarrassment that as a region, we don't have a regional train system that works, right? You go to any, if you look at New York, you look at Chicago, you, I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. They have it. We've been unable to, to solve that problem. We have all these competing agencies. So, yes, mass transit is definitely the answer, right? What does a bus get off the street? Like 30, 40 cars? Um, right. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, we I had the opportunity to interview Mayor Gina Pappen, and I didn't know what she was going to say, From but nowhere, I know she right? was passionate about transportation. Mm -hmm. And she said, Patrick, one of the things that I'm really mad about, really upset about is BART. And I go, what do you mean, Gina? She says, did you know that that BART thing that goes to the airport only goes a couple times a day? Yeah. And I says, and I says, well, you're the hub. So we're trying to push BART to do what they really need to do. If we're trying to really get people moving back and forth, we have to somehow connect that system. We absolutely do. And I, and I think, you know, another you know, kind of fallacy that gets pushed out there, too, around transit-oriented development is that everyone's going to take the train. And they'll say, oh, and then when it's electrified, it's going to be 60% more capacity. Well, guess what? It's full already. And with all the housing and stuff that you're putting on there, it's going to be full again. So we're going to run right up into that problem again. And that is not the silver bullet that's going to solve transportation here. And it, it only runs down a limited corridor. So we really need to solve the east-west problem. 
and we need to look at this on a much much bigger. I'm going to give I'm going to give you a gift. I want you to listen to this. <laughs> we we had an opportunity to interview a gentleman named Dave Tanner. He was a former mayor, and he's a city council on Woodside City City Council. Okay. Okay. He is a real successful contractor developer. He has an idea, which would which would be a monorail system, which would be hooked up from the Tamfran shopping center because that's going to be demolished. Tamfran is going to be demolished. So they're going to develop it. His his proposal is to propose it by Bay Area governments. His proposal is to take a Japanese model of a monorail, hook it over over there near near Tamfran, bring it over 380, and he's trying to get in all those cities. You know, your Fresno, your Tracy, all that, to be able to get to each city in 30 minutes. Now, we know that the traffic that's coming on that, our freeway, 101, 280, and 92, is from those areas. Right. What do you think of that idea? You know, I mean, it's, it sounds interesting on paper. Um, I think the idea of regionalizing something like that is, is really important. I get a little leery when I hear some of the regional stuff because, for example, you mentioned RM3. And the thing that I don't like about that in particular is, and a lot of these regional measures, is that they only have to pass the two-thirds, you know, and you have to get the majority vote overall. And so it kind of um, allows unelected officials like ABAG, et cetera, that are not elected by the popular have vote. You met, have you met with Rick Bonilla? I have. I mean, I've worked with Rick Bonilla in the sense that I've spoken with him in front of the council and stuff okay. like that. I've not met uh, extensively with Rick. Well, I would encourage you to get involved in the city government in, in San Mateo. Um, I do a lot with the city government in San Mateo. I work predominantly with uh, Eric Rodriguez, and okay. I've worked with Joe Gothels, and I've done a little work with Diane Papin and um, uh, Maureen Frisquette. Um So, yeah, I'm very familiar with it. I've, I attend planning commission meetings, public works meetings, city council meetings. Uh, you can just ask my wife. How can we get more people engaged? I was at a, I was at a city council meeting the other night, and... We were talking about uh, about the levy or workforce housing. Yeah, and I was the only one there from the public. Yeah, I'll tell you, Patrick, um, that's a tough call. I, you know, I'm I'm also the president of our our little neighborhood association here, and it's kind of the nature of the beast. Like people are so busy and they're uh, involved, you know, like like us with their kids and competing interests, and and I think a lot of them are disenfranchised. I know our neighborhood in particular here, Central being where it is, um, near the freeway and everything, we felt a lot of these pressures and we felt like the city hasn't really done much to represent us. They're, um, they're just disenchanted, disenfranchised and they've checked out. So it's a, it's a real battle. I think we need to get some wins. We need to show them how to do that. We need, um, you know, inspirational leaders and, you know, we have to message them in a way that, that they understand here's the important threat or the important opportunity that and make it personal to them so that they'll stand up and well, we're and fight. hoping with podcasts by the bay one of the things with our mayor series is to get all the mayor's message out there which is different yes. similar problems all have housing problems all have transportation I will tell you there's only two two cities that interviewed with me that don't and that is is uh, Woodside, Woodside and Portola Valley <laughs> and Portola Valley now, I want to say on podcast by the bay, I haven't been able to talk to Atherton. I uh-huh. haven't been able to talk to San Carlos and Hillsboro. So if you have any connections, know anybody, we got Doug Kim coming up um, uh, from Belmont. But there are a few cities out there. I mean, I, I ask fair questions. 
I just want answers. I'm not going to attack them. Sure. But we have to come up with solutions. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd get some very interesting answers if you propose dropping a 10-story building in Woodside or Atherton. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. They don't, you know, um, you bring up a good point. We worry about our, our retirements. Those cities don't. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's well, very different. Is there anything else, Bernie, that you would like to talk about? I, I, you know what, I, I would like to engage and come back and talk to you in another six months. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I've really enjoyed speaking with you here, Patrick, and I appreciate you taking the time out to, to come here and, and speak to us about it. I think I just want people to know that um, we just want people to know that the Measure P extension is not, it's not anti-development. There is a ton of growth that has happened and can still happen by extending Measure P. We just espouse smart development. Do you we, have a website that people can go to? We do, actually, yeah. It's, uh, thanks for reminding me. It's smartergrowthsm.com. And in it, we outline what Measure P has done historically. We address some of the myths and, and talk about those. And we provide ways for people to get involved. Well, well again, on behalf of Podcast by the Bay, we want to thank you for being a good citizen and reaching out to us. And we look forward to you pushing ahead and making sure that those height limits don't go over the height that would be reasonable, and that housing and transportation are improved in your city. That's great. We just want to build a San Mateo that everybody can live in. Thanks again by Podcast by the Bay. Right, I love that one. That was called Pig Samba. And that was from our good friend named Shoka. And Shoka is an artist. You can check him out at shoka.net. And actually, he's having an opening to one of a new art show this Saturday night from uh, May 26th from 6 to 9. And it's at the Back to the Picture Gallery on 934 Valencia Street in San Francisco. And you can find out more about the art show at tryitart.com and if you click on the events it'll go right to all the information about the taste of the world art show and it's going to be the opening reception this saturday night so yeah check it out ashoka that's our good friend and that was a pig samba all right so today we're going to get down to the thought of the episode and so one of the things is you know in california Gambling and basically, uh, you know, it's it's, pus, it's illegal, right? It's illegal. So everybody has to go to Nevada, right? They go to, as soon as you get into to, to Lake Tahoe and as soon as you cross the border, there's boom, you know, there's all sorts of these casinos that they pop up everywhere. Yet in California, you're not supposed to have, you know, it's gambling, gambling is, you know, illegal. But wait a minute, is it? Let's think about this. We have, you're driving down the highway and what do you see? Advertisements for big casinos. Where at? In Great Era, uh, Roner Park, right? You have them, you know, all over the place. Uh, if you start going outside the Bay Area, 
you find all these casinos, and they're right within the Bay Area right there. Also, you ha- you have card rooms, right? There's there's ones on the peninsula, and so so you have these forms and ho- horse racing, right? Horse racing is a form of gambling too. So so why are these actually legal? And you, you know, casinos and I guess you know slot machines and things like that. But wait, they have slot machines here in California, right? The the one I was talking about, Rona Park, is full of them. So oh, how could I forget? How could I forget the California lottery? Boom! There it is, right? So now you have the 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 state really capitalizing in on a form of gambling where they're really making all the all the profits, right? And you know, supposedly from what I remember when I was a kid when the lottery started was that it was supposed to help out the schools and it was all this thing. So I don't know. It, I, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see some data on that and to see how accurate, how much money is actually going back into the communities, going back into the schools. Because every time I turn around, the schools, the public schools, are asking, you know, for a lot of money. They're, they're, you know, the teachers are always saying that they don't have any supplies and all that kind of stuff. So it would be see, interesting to see if the the money is actually getting the downstream effect. So, anyways, my thing is this: it's like. You know, let's not say gambling is illegal because it's not, right? It's everywhere. It's everywhere we look. It's this kind of taboo thing. So maybe it's time we revisit the whole gambling thing, right? We we, we just revisit it Um, because it's everywhere you look, folks. All right, and that's my thought of the day, and I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. All material is property and copyrighted by Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.